Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Ulrich with you in Oilers Now. Brendan, you need to take a look at the uh, the text line here, just, just so you know. Okay? Apparently, you're going to have some friends meeting you out at Big uh, big Country coming up this weekend on Sunday. Oh, baby, can't wait. <laughs> I'll be wearing my uh, cut-off jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so you look like Menudo? Menudo? Remember Menudo? No, do, I do you, not you, remember. You do, go look up. It's, uh, I think it's M-E-N-U-D-O. All right. You just go look up Menudo. Uh, somebody's gonna be, somebody will get that reference out, out there. Uh, Matt has been kind enough. Uh, he texts us on our Westlock Ford text line. By the way, it is 1233 at Edmonton. We've got Tom Rennie coming up. Uh, Bob, Cody sees he's asking for $6 million. The Senators are countering with three point five. Hmm. Well, maybe Cody sees he's going to get about four and a half, four point seven five. then. Didn't realize the Sens were countering that high. Uh, out of uh, from Big L in Leduc, uh, country is great, and George Strait is still the king. Uh, that's from uh, still the king, Big Rig A, or Big Rig L in Leduc. Uh, Clayton says, Bob, country is great, just like a lot of other genres. Listen to Humble and Kind by uh, Tim McGraw. And if you want to hear a good country song, or Alan Jackson, and the older I get from Clayton. The song, sorry, the Tim McGraw song was uh, "Humble and Kind." Oh, that's 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 a classic. That's that, a good song. That's like I think I, I'm pretty sure that's the that's Brian Hall's sort of mantra in life: "Humble and Kind." Just kidding, Halsey. You can text us at six thirty six thirty. Tweet us at orders now. Uh, Johnny Horton and Johnny Cash. Now that's country music. That one comes to us from uh, uh, Tommy Tuna. Well, thank you very much. Uh, hey, I'm a big I, I, now. There, I will admit, I'm a Johnny Cash fan. His version of uh, Trent Reznor's "Hurt," man, stellar stuff. Nine Inch Nails remake. All right, uh, twelve thirty-five in Edmonton. This is Oilers. Now we will tell you. And uh, hey, Brendan, based on uh, the text messaging account, you might be able to uh, deploy these uh, shortly and go see our friend Brendan Ulrich and uh, Brendan Connolly over at uh, Roos Chris. Why do you ask? Because guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder, every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. So you going there tonight, Brendan? You putting a call in, making it happen, or what's going on? Might as well, yeah. Yeah, it's going good. Once uh, once a month on a Wednesday, I, I go down there at least. 
Really? No, no I'm just How joking. much money I are wish. they paying you here? Well, that's the plan eventually. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, you're going to be a Tales for Sales, so you're going to be able to make it happen. Let's do this. Uh, full disclosure, we did this interview. Uh, Tom Rennie squeezed us in. Hockey Canada is very uh, busy right now. They've, they've got their... Uh, they're basically down of, what, 42 players for the Holinka team that's going to play here next week. And then they've also got the uh, Junior World Junior Summer Showcase event. Is that, that one's up in Kamloops, right? That's where that's going on. Uh, former Edmonton Oilers head coach, uh, former Kamloops Blazers head coach. He, uh, as well, coached the NHL, the New York Rangers, and the Vancouver Canucks. One of the nicest men in the business. Uh, he is the uh, uh, president and CEO of Hockey Canada, Tom Rennie. Well, Tom, uh, we're gearing up here. This is a, a big time of year for Hockey Canada on a multitude of fronts. From an Edmonton-centric uh, perspective, the first time ever that the Holinka tournament uh, ends up in Canada. It ends up in Edmonton. It's now known as the Holinka gretzky Tournament. And perhaps you can uh, speak to that first. We'll get to some of the stuff involving the World Junior Team as well. But just, uh, you know, how unique this is going to be for uh, Edmontonians and hockey fans in northern Alberta to get a chance to see some pretty special kids play in one of the few true best-on-best tournaments that are out there. Well, you've you've said it all, Bob. It it is very, very unique in lots of ways. And and if you don't mind, a real credit to to OEG and, and... and to Bob and Kevin and, and Daryl for embracing this whole concept. It's, it's so good. It's such a good tournament. And uh, National Hockey League teams across the board will certainly tell you that. They'll also tell you that they're very grateful not to have to travel to Europe, uh, you know, to, to see this event. But it will be outstanding. Uh, there's no question about that. These are, at the end of the day, the best 17-year-olds in the world. It is best on best. Um, you know, you've got uh, ourselves, Russia, U.S., Sweden, Finland, Slovakia, Switzerland, the Czech Republic, um, the hockey powers, uh, you know, across the board that will have their best players there. And, and it's a wonderful event. Um, you know, Bob, I think back to the World Junior Championship and what it morphed itself into is pretty phenomenal. And I'm not going to suggest for a second that Alenka uh, Gretzky can do the same thing, but I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, it's, it will be very impressive. So I would certainly encourage people to get out and watch this. And, and hopefully we can make it perpetual, too. Well, it... Uh, you know, happens on a regular basis. Well, you, you said something there, because Edmonton's got it in 2018, 2020, and 2022. There are going to be growing pains in the first year, and also a little bit of, I think, edu- I mean, as not, and you know how knowledgeable the fans are here, Tom, from your time as head coach of the Oilers. Uh, but, you know, it is it is August, and, and so it, it's a, a little bit of a philosophical change for some of the people out there that maybe, uh, you know, head out in that uh, second week of August or third week in August for holidays to get them to, to come uh, and, and watch some great hockey. And, and so I hope there's some patience. Like I, I know from a OEG's perspective, you know, they're going to want to grow this out. And from a Hockey Canada perspective, I know you guys are going to uh, want to grow it out as well uh, just because it keeps uh, the event in Canada every second year. Well, exactly. You know, and it, uh, to me, if it's uh, if it's in the summertime, this is to me the, the cherry on top of the, the, the Sunday. Um, you know, to be able to take your holiday, for example, and and uh, get into the Edmonton area, which is outstanding at this time of the year, anyway. But also throw some hockey, some high end hockey in there as well is, is quite an experience for a family. And and you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't suggest, Bob, that part of the idea behind this is to make sure again that we showcase the game, you know, to, to little Canadians uh, as much as anyone else, quite honestly, to maybe take up the sport and identify with the beauty of it, you know, through a competition such as this. And if you can see it firsthand, uh, that much better. 
Uh, now, educate me or correct me if I'm wrong here. Is there not one more game tonight? Uh, you've got roughly 42 kids or so for the uh, Holinka Gretzky team, and then you guys start making uh, some finalization with the roster moving forward after tonight? That's correct, Bob. Yeah, this is a, this is a big game tonight for the guys, and, and um, certainly we look forward to the outcome of that. Um, a very, very good group of players, uh, you know, have amassed in Calgary, and I'm really happy with the, the look of that. And, and so, yeah, this is this is big, and I and I can tell you right now, we'll have a very good team. CEO of Hockey Canada. Former Edmonton Oilers head coach Tom Rennie, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Uh, are there not to sort of? Uh, well, I'll ask you point blank. I mean, guys that have already played for Canada last spring in the U18. Uh, I think of Matt Robertson or Alexis Lafreniere, uh, the the Byram kid out of uh, Vancouver, who's a you know tremendously skilled young defenseman. Um, do, do those guys have advantages because of the fact that uh, they've already represented Canada before at, at you know at the U18 level? The only, the only advantage they would have is is, a, is their own level of confidence, quite honestly, and and uh, the idea of of the event and the short term event, if you will, and 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 you know what this might look like. That's the only advantage. Beyond that, you know, there's a certain advantage to being a little bit naive, um, you know, and that's the rest of the group. So, uh, you know, you just you, you come in and you give it your best shot at the end of the day, and that's what we would want anyone to do. And certainly, those kids have an opportunity to to come in with that level of confidence that. That they uh, that they would require, but you know, so too with the others. You don't get to this op- to this opportunity without having a certain amount of confidence. So I'm not sure. Probably a bit because of the experience they've had. But um, you know, a good portion of these kids have had the under 17 experience as well, and that's what the mechanism of the program of excellence is all about: is to educate them and and uh, you know continue to give them those opportunities as they make their journey through their hockey experience. Tom, uh, and you're way closer to it than I am, but from afar, I look at that team that you coached in Winnipeg back in 99. You had great goaltending, um, but you lacked some skill with that roster. And, and I, I'm not sure at that time if Canada was producing nearly as skilled a players as we now have and, and a completely different type of defenseman as well, which is not to disparage what Canada was doing at the world junior level. Cause they won five in a row, uh, you know, a couple of years uh, before uh, that event in Winnipeg that year. Am I onto something though, that it's a very different type of player and there's been a real emphasis on skill development and it's changed the nature and makeup of Canadian teams. Well, as always, Bob, you, you do homework and, and uh, you're right on. I, I think that the, the skill level of the player has certainly increased uh, we need to continue to work on that, um, you know, and not to sidetrack your, your, your point of view here, but, uh, you know, we, we have to be careful in minor hockey, if you will, and, and in youth hockey that we don't place such a premium on a heavy, uh, heavy game schedule, if you will, uh, wins and losses, uh, coaches' records, um, you know, those types of things. We have to continue to identify with skill development so that whether you're a high-end performer or not, you can play the game for a lifetime because you can actually do some things. The beauty of it is we have placed a heavy premium on on skill development. And I think the other thing, if you think back to 1998 stuff and you, and you look at the team that we sent to Nagano, that was a, that was a very, very good hockey club. Yes. In the, the skills competition, if you will. And, and, and that was the first time that we could actually go to Olympic games in a long time and put that type of talent on the ice. Uh, you know, and I, I think back to my era and Dave's where we had to kind of put this team together that could score and check and, you know, and kind of erase the other team and, and, uh, you know, maybe you go to win, whereas in 98, we started to put the best players on the ice we possibly could. And I think if you look at all of that with the exception of 06, um, you know, 02, uh, 10, 14, and then all the POE stuff that we've been able to do in the meantime, we've really started to put talent on the ice as much as possible. 
and that's a testimony to the development of our uh, that our that our branches, Alberta being one of them, uh, you know, place uh, you know, on res with respect to skill development. So you're bang on. Uh, Tom, we were gonna we talk a bit about soccer on the show only because I think there's some context. Europeans play soccer. Europeans play hockey. Uh, Canada is obviously just starting now to get some impact players in that. But where I'm going with this is France has so much depth in their system that if if you're not a guy that is team first, you're not on their team right now. Same for Germany, and I know Germany uh, bombed out of the uh, World Cup this year, but they won the one in 2014. And they, right around the same time that Canada sort of lost in 98, Germany lost in 2000, the Euro, and everything was skill, 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 and getting more high-performance coaching at a younger age. How important is it um, to have, you know, the, the proper, uh, properly certified coaches at the youngest of ages helping our young kids along? Every, everything. Everything, because there's more than just the physical aspects of, of the package of a player, for example. It's... It's emotional. It's psychological. Um, yes, it's physiological. Um, you know, there, there's just there's so many things to consider here, and not that you need a PhD to deliver, you know, um, the, the game to, to children, but you certainly need to be certified. You need to know that there is a component to what we teach called respect in sport. Uh, there is a component to what we teach, you know, with respect to a parental uh, involvement in the game and their child's journey through hockey. Um, you know, a lot of that requires a real expertise and and. Um, you know, we have to make sure that we continue to place a premium on coach certification. We have to make sure as much as it's a heavy requirement and it can be a bit of an impediment as to who, who decides to coach and who doesn't, the bottom line is we need the deep commitment, the deep keel commitment from coaches and their education so that the, the, the experience that the player should have and the fan and the parent and the official and the manager um, is everything that it should be. Tom, uh, you, you know, one of the advantages France has with soccer is soccer is a fairly cheap sport to play. Uh, so, you know, uh, immigration has played a factor in their success. There were 50 players born in France in the World Cup, Tom. So, you know, 21 of them played for France, 29 of them played for other countries. Um, hockey is an expensive sport. And that being said, uh, Hockey Canada needs support as well. You guys have a lot of corporate partners that help make things happen for you. Maybe just a thought on their long-term. And, and it kind of preceded you. I think in fairness, uh, Bob Nicholson did some of that work. But uh, just a, you know, a, a comment or two in terms of that importance, in terms of uh, defraying the cost of a very expensive sport. Well, it's costly. Um, you know, activity in general is costly. You know, in this day and age, and that's just the way that's just the way society and the economics of the day work. Um, you know, it, it certainly could be uh, less expensive to pick up a pair of running shoes, a pair of shorts, and a, and a t-shirt and go play soccer. And, and we're good with that. We might be the only sport, to be honest with you, Bob, that endorses participation in other sports at our own expense. To be honest with you, and I and I think that that's noble. I think that's the right thing. We need we need kids active. Um, that being said, and because it's a team sport and the energy that goes into it and the synergy that has to happen, uh, you know, on the ice under the circumstances of playing, to me makes hockey the best sport to play, um, you know, for lots of reasons. Is it, is it expensive? Yes. Uh, but, but everything is and it's all relative. Uh, the bottom line is what's the end product? Um, and, and our hope is a great citizen, uh, you know, who may be a terrific NHLer at some point in time but also may be a wonderful school teacher because of their uh, contribution and their participation in hockey. Um, so the bottom line is without, without that sort of mentality, if you will, and without, um, you know, our, our sponsors, our corporate sponsors, uh, you know, across the board, and you alluded to Bob, um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention Scotty Smith and that as well, because Bob and, and Scott in combination were just fantastic 
you know, for where the game is, you know, from a corporate point of view and that sponsorship that we require in order to get kids playing in the first place. And, um, you know, so uh, I think it's a wonderful marriage. Uh, there's no question activity in general is up against it, Bob, because of the digital age, uh, because of other choices that allow, um, you know, families, quite honestly, to live a little bit more of a sedentary lifestyle, which scares the, the heck out of me. Um, you know, so we're going to beat the drum, and we'll always beat the drum, and certainly being able to do that through the Linka Gretzky in, in Edmonton starting next week is a wonderful way to um, help young Canadians get engaged with a great sport. You also just finished your U-17 group. I know uh, we had John Sexsmith on, as, uh, who was the best man at my wedding, and Joel was out there. Uh, Al Prokop's son uh, as well as a fine player for the Calgary Hitmen. Both of those kids high in WHL picks. The World Junior Team, and you know how it works, Tom. I mean, there's there's almost an arrogance, and, and you know, I'm a realist. I mean, you're not going to win every year. That's just how it is. But you are going to be in the mix every year. Uh, and I would envision that coming off a gold medal championship last year that you guys have a fair amount of uh, confidence that you're going to have a very competitive team this year as well uh, to play in British Columbia for the World Juniors. Yeah, we'll, we'll be competitive for sure. And, and again, that's a testimony to the system. Um, you know, whereas the U.S., for example, hothouse 46 players every year and, and, you know, go after their championships, we, we sort of look at, you know, the Canadian Hockey League, the, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, uh, our system in general as the hothouse. But it also involves a heck of a lot more players than 46, and we like that. Um, you know, let's, let's present, uh, you know, high performance to as many players as we possibly can. So we have a, a wider bandwidth with which to choose from. And that gives us that depth opportunity, if you will. Um, and you're right, Bob, we're not going to win every year. Uh, but we have an internal expectation to do that, um, you know, and, and we believe that that's external as well. And we're okay with that responsibility because at the end of the day, you have to deal with that. Um, and that just happens to be life. Tom, I'd be remiss uh, without asking you one final question. Uh, the last time I saw you was at the Claire Drake Celebration of Life. You did a great job. I know I had a lot of the Golden Bear alumni, uh, uh, many of whom uh, were strong supporters of yours, may I add, when you coached the team. Uh, so uh, they had an appreciation for you. But just a, a, a thought on some of those forebearers of Canadian coaching. You know, you mentioned Dave King, who was at the University of Saskatchewan, George Kingston with the Calgary Dinos. Uh, but Claire was kind of, uh, he was kind of, I guess, the grandfather of all those guys, wasn't he, in many respects? Oh, gosh, you know, it's uh, it's hard not to talk about Claire and, and, and not get emotional, but, um, you know, you're, you're, you're right. And, and in such a humble way, um, he, he just quietly made people better um, by his own set of values and principles, um, by how he chose to share all of himself, um, you know, uh, and, and thanklessly, um, you know, they're just without a doubt. And, and you alluded to the other fellas, and every one of them will tell you, um, you know, and this is not Tom Rennie, uh, you know, a generation or two removed from Claire. This is this is guys that, uh, you know, that, that, I, that I admired and, and, and paid attention to as well that will tell you Claire was the guy. And, um, you know, and, and that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, and believe me, there are colleagues in the United States that have coached NCAA sports for a long time that know who Claire is and what he meant to sport in North America, um, you know, not, not just in Canada and not just in Alberta, um, but, uh, you know, certainly in our, in our um, demographic at least, um, just uh, beyond words, you know. And, and um, I was just so impressed by the presentations that were made that day, and I, I thought everyone was so good. It was just an honor and a privilege to be a part of it, Bob. Well, it's funny, just to wrap up, uh, as you know, Mike Gabinet is uh, Claire's grandson. He's coaching at Nebraska Omaha. Uh, Guy Godelski uh, was my center uh, for Stu McGregor, who uh, worked in Kamloops, and you're quite familiar with that market. And I always wondered why Guy had all this maturity 
and was team first and uh, dealt with this uh, immature, petulant, uh, marginally skilled right wing that could score a bit. But uh, he always used to say, you know, my dad was a big fan of Claire Drake. So uh, there's a guy at Penn State right now. Uh, hey, Tom, we appreciate you coming on, taking time um, to educate our listeners a bit on on this event. We look forward to seeing you at the Holenka Gretzky next week. And uh, best of luck in the next couple of days as well down in Calgary and Kamloops. Okay. Thanks a million, Stock. We'll see you in a few days. That is Tom Reddy, President and Chief Executive for Hockey Canada. Again, the Holenka uh, Gretzky Tournament uh, taking place next week at Rogers Place. Tickets uh, available at Ticketmaster.ca as well as EvansonOilers.com. Uh, this weekend out at the Oil Country Championship, which is where I'll be the next two days. Uh, Single-day passes, I think, for 20 bucks uh, out at uh, the Petroleum Golf and Country Club. It is 12.52 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Ulrich with you. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. Welcome back, everybody. 1255 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. We just had uh, Tom Rennie on. We were talking a bit about, you know, finding ways to keep kids in hockey and, uh, you know, Mark Spector, uh, Stoffer Inspector, every Thursday in Oilers Now, presented by Horse Racing Alberta, live racing at uh, Northlands Park Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, Mark Spector had his golf tournament last week for Sports Central, and Sports Central is one of the organizations um, that helps uh, to try to keep uh, kids in sport and keep kids active. In fact, at Mark's event, uh, which Todd McClellan is the honorary chair for, uh, last uh, Wednesday, uh, Speck alluded to Alfonso Davies and the fact that he got a bike to uh, go off and uh, and play a little bit of uh, football. And we'll be talking uh, soccer coming up when we get back uh, on Oilers now um, with the uh, one and only Stephen Sandor, who knows soccer like nobody else's business in this city. But uh, this text comes in. Bob, uh, hockey, uh, oh, so hockey is not becoming elitist, not blaming anyone, but the fact is it's getting harder for regular parents to put their kids in hockey programs. Uh, just don't want our sport to turn into a game for only the rich. Thanks. That one comes to us from Bob. Well, you know what? Uh, it's, it's been an issue for a long time. It's been an issue for a long time. And uh, especially if you were in some, uh, you know, depending upon which athletic club you were in back in the day, there's a couple where the financial expectations were quite significant. Now we've got all these specialized schools and programs. It's, it's tough to, to follow and keep up with in, unless you're an actual parent. And, of course, for the parents, uh, 80% of the parents out there are fairly grounded with where their kids are at, but you do get the 20% that think that their their little Johnny is uh, guaranteed to uh, go on to the uh, National Hockey League, even though that's uh, incredibly uh, difficult to, to make it that far, and that's why you should have an appreciation for those guys that actually do get there. And, you know, for 5%, they're just so good it was inevitable to happen. But for 80% of the guys out there, they got some breaks along the ways, and that's how they got to... Uh, Got to the show. Hey, Brendan, that's a, you gotta we gotta use that song again. That's a pretty good song. I like that. That worked for me, man. Tim McGraw. Was he married to Faith Hill? 
He was married? I think they still are married. You think, you think they're still married? Okay. I'd have to double check. Okay. But, uh, I thought they were like the, you know, like one of the Nashville power couples or something like that. Uh, 12.58 at Edmonton again. Steve Sander and Reed Wilkins coming up in hour number two. Uh, we are going to head off, though, right now to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodouin. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.